generator for the movement, began to urge sympathetic politicians to invoke women's welfare as the reason for imposing new restrictions on abortion. Among the many model laws that Americans United for Life makes available through its Women's Protection Project are those requiring admitting privileges and ambulatory surgical center standards for abortion providers. More than a dozen states have enacted versions of the model laws. Laws like these, which single out abortion for special regulations that don't apply to medical procedures of similar or greater risk, are known in the abortion rights community as trap laws for targeted regulation of abortion providers. The Texas case is the Supreme Court's first occasion to examine one. The decision, if, in the wake of Justice Antonin Scalia's death, there is a decision and not a deadlock, will determine the future of abortion regulation. A tie would leave the Texas law in place. Is there a legitimate reason for singling out abortion for special treatment? What Reva B. Siegel and I call abortion exceptionalism in an article to be published this spring in the Yale Law Journal? The argument is that abortion has a moral valence that makes it different from the many other medical procedures that states subject to less rigorous oversight. The Supreme Court's current abortion jurisprudence recognizes this. Planned Parenthood v. Casey the 1992 decision that preserved the right to abortion while modifying Roe v. Wade acknowledged society's interest in unborn life from the beginning of a woman's pregnancy and enabled states to take certain steps to protect it. But it's crucial to understand that the court in Casey set strict limits on how states can express their respect for unborn life. To quote from the controlling opinion, the means chosen by the state to further the interest in potential life must be calculated to inform the woman's free choice, not hinder it. In other words, a state may try to persuade a woman to change her mind. It may impose a waiting period and mandatory counseling, both of which the Casey decision upheld. It may ban a particular little-used method of later-term abortion when other methods were available as the court ruled in a 2007 decision, Gonzalez v. Carhart. But at the end of the day, the court insisted in Casey, a woman had to be free to carry out her decision to end a pregnancy. The state could inform, but not hinder, persuade, but not prevent. Laws that predictably close clinics through unattainable regulations don't inform and don't persuade. They destroy the infrastructure on which women necessarily depend for the exercise of their constitutional right. States can't impose such regulations in the name of protecting unborn life. They need to find another justification. The justification that state officials reach for is health. The court in Casey, as in Roe, identified women's health as an appropriate subject for abortion regulations. But the court made clear that health regulations, as with other abortion restrictions, must not impose an undue burden on women seeking abortion. Unnecessary health regulations that have the purpose or effect of presenting a substantial obstacle to a woman seeking an abortion impose an undue burden on the right, the court said. Unnecessary health regulations. Are admitting privileges necessary? Do safe abortions require many hospitals? 
How are judges to ensure that a health-justified regulation that will close clinics, three-quarters of them in Texas, leaving at most ten open, actually promotes health and isn't just a backdoor way of cutting off access to abortion by means that the Supreme Court has deemed unconstitutional? Here is where the all-important questions of fact come in. The Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, which upheld the Texas law, insisted that as long as any conceivable rationale for an abortion regulation exists, even one based only on rational speculation unsupported by evidence or empirical data, judges should accept that justification without further inquiry. The appeals court rebuked Judge Lee Yeekel of U.S. District Court in Austin, Texas, an appointee of President George W. Bush, who had found in separate opinions that both the admitting privileges and...